ask questions instead of feeling that I must provide an answer. Often a manager is reluctant to say, I don't know. Or if somebody comes to them with a question, they feel like I've got to deliver, right? That's part of my job is to be the answer giver. From Ray and Associates Studio, this is Unsuitable, a business and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. On this weekly podcast, thought leaders and business professionals break down complicated and mundane topics and give you the tips and insight you actually need to grow as a leader while helping your organization to grow and thrive. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want access to even more information, show notes, and exclusive content, visit our website at www.raycpa.com podcast and sign up for updates. With the rise of virtual work and a stronger reliance on virtual tech in the workforce, achieving clear and productive communication within your team can be harder than ever. How can you sense someone's true intentions behind the keyboard? How do you achieve a true connection with your team when so much of our lives are virtual? Is your message truly being received? Our guest on today's episode of Unsuitable is an author, podcast host, and co-founder of Performance Support Systems, Meredith Bell. Meredith helps teams of all shapes and sizes communicate more effectively in order to achieve their true potential. She joins us today to discuss how to better connect with your team and how to master 10 crucial communication skills you need to thrive. Welcome to Unsuitable, Meredith. Thank you, Doug. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. So glad to have you on because this is obviously just such a, a crucial topic in today's world as we all you know, have adapted to Zoom and Teams and Slack and all the other uh, ways that that we are communicating now, in addition to face to face, which uh, at least we're we're back to doing some of that. So this is tremendous, and and uh, I know your most recent book, correct, deals with top ten relationship building skills, and this is just just a wonderful topic. So talk to us a little bit about how you got started dealing with this and and what led you down this path uh, in terms of your own journey. Yes. Well, I started out as a teacher and realized that I didn't like doing the same lesson plans over and over. So I got my master's and worked in school board offices and three different school systems and realized, uh oh, I don't really care for bureaucracy or politics either. So I launched my own solo practice in 1982. So wow. I've been around a long time. And my passion has always been around how people connect with each other. I loved the training I did with teachers around that. And so that's what I decided to focus on, building stronger team relationships, helping leaders communicate more effectively. And I did that for quite a while as a solo okay. consultant and then met Denny Coates, who's been my business partner for 30 years now. Um, in 1990, and we started collaborating on some things and decided to merge our two companies, brought in a third partner who managed everything else and still does. And so that has been our passion all these years, because we know that there is so much pain and suffering around 
difficult relationships at work. And so much of it is because we aren't taught in school or anywhere how to really connect with another person, how to communicate well. And so with all the years of experience, Denny and I had first as consultants and trainers ourselves, and then having software products that help facilitate this, we decided to publish books that really consolidated our best information so it would be available to more people. Excellent. So you do, I take it then, you still do a fair amount of leadership and executive type of coaching when it comes to more effective communicating and and team building and those types of things? We actually do more of coaching the coaches and helping people who use our products. So we're still involved, but not as much delivering one-on-one personal uh, services ourselves. I really love that role again as teacher of helping others use our tools to be more effective in their leadership role or as a consultant. That that makes sense. And I think it's something obviously we can all improve upon, you know, each and every day in our, our, certainly our, our business and professional lives. So, so talk a little bit about how you develop these top 10 relationship building skills and, and what those are all about. Sure. And I want to point out the subtitle. The title is Connect with Your Team, but the subtitle is Mastering the Top 10 Communication Skills because you never get to the end of it. To me, this is a lifelong journey. And, you know, some people call these soft skills, but honestly, I think they're hard because so few people have really mastered them well. And to me, the foundational skill of so many of them is listening. Mm We had, that's our longest chapter because it's such an important area. So many people think I'm a pretty good listener, but in reality, we're more often waiting for our turn to speak or we're interrupting, we're finishing someone's sentences. You know, we really aren't totally focused on them. And with so many devices now, you know, in front of us, it's so tempting when someone is talking, especially virtually, to, you know, have your email up or have your phone and kind of glancing at at what's going on. And we miss so much. It's a myth to think we can multitask with something important as listening. It's one thing to, you know, do laundry or, you know, ride a bike or, you know, work out and listen to a podcast, but it's quite another to really give your full attention to someone who's, who you need to listen to. And I want to just say that listening to me is not passive where you're just sitting and letting the other person talk. It's very much interactive. And this involves asking questions to clarify if you're getting the other person's message right, because we make a lot of assumptions Right. that we know what they mean. We know where they're going. And sometimes we respond defensively or, you know, conclusively. And it's so off track. Yes. And so to to find out along the way, okay, here's what I'm hearing you say. Do I have that right? Yeah, exactly. To to repeat it back and sort of make sure that you have that mutual understanding, uh, I think is key. I've I one of the things I found that helps me, you know, when I'm in a in a business meeting with a with a client or a potential client is I always try to have a colleague with me to to your point of, you know, you're maybe thinking about the next question or how well you're really listening it to me that's always very much helped me absorb better in that conversation because then i can 
you know, we can play off of each other and, and maybe while they're talking or, or answering a specific question with regard to the, the client's situation, I can be absorbing that or, and vice versa. They could be, you know, thinking of the next question or I could be in it. I've found that for me, it, it really helps, particularly as I've gotten older, you know, maybe my, I don't know if my attention has changed or, or, or what it is, but I, I tend to absorb better in that way. Is that, is that part of what you see when you talk about the team, you know, connecting with the team overall? How does that kind of play into to the whole thing? Well, I think a key thing is everybody is, is responsible for their own personal leadership. Mm. And so we don't need to rely on the manager of the team to give all the directives. In fact, giving directives doesn't go over very well anymore these days. No. And so it's each person taking responsibility to ask questions if something that has been given as a, as a project or a deadline to get clarity around that with each other. And I think another key thing is the level of trust mm. that has been developed will be a determinant of how comfortable and safe people feel being honest with each other. Yeah. So one of the important aspects of, you know, creating a healthy team and culture is people being able to give feedback to each other, both positive and constructive. And if I have seen you blow up when someone else points out something to you, I'm going to be reluctant to bring that up because why do I want to subject myself sure. to that kind of reaction? So this to me is where these skills are so important for everyone on a team to learn, not just someone in a leadership role. Yeah. Because if I do need to give feedback to a team member who hasn't delivered on something they said they were going to do, what's an appropriate way to do that? Yeah. And, you know, all of this goes back to, to not making assumptions about other people because we can get these stories going in our heads. In fact, have conversations in our head, right? With the other person when they could be operating from a totally different motivation, reason than what we're assigning to them. So it's really Pretty important boring. to check it out. Yeah. Now, how do you, how do you avoid uh, one of the, the I, I know, chapters in, in your book, coach people to, to think for themselves, which I love as the father of three 20-somethings. Uh, that, that's what I view as one of uh, our main jobs as, as parents. But, but how do you do that? How do you coach people to think for themselves? I see so much of that in personal society where, you know, we've got overprotective parents and, and things like that where, you know, I, to me, that that independence isn't maybe taught as, as much as it could be or should be. How do you go about really doing that for people? You know, that is I just love that question because it applies to parents as much as to the workplace yeah. in families. And so there's a really easy answer in terms of, of uh, a, a kind of a basic premise to have in mind, and that is ask questions Okay. instead of feeling that I must provide an answer. Often a manager is reluctant to say, I don't know. 
you know, yeah. or if somebody comes to them with a question, they feel like I've got to deliver, right? That's part of my job is to be the answer giver. <laughs> when really, um, as parents, I love that you brought that up about parents, because I feel one of our responsibilities as a parent is to prepare our kids for adulthood. Yeah. My daughter's now 37, and so I'm dealing with grandchildren <laughs> that awesome. we're trying to help with this. And I'm really proud of the way she and her husband ask them questions. And so here's just some examples that people can adopt. The fundamental one is some version of this. What do you think? Mm, yeah. Before we jump in, just have that in your mind. Oh, well, what do you think? So here are some versions of what do you think? Well, what options have you considered so far? You know, what ideas do you have for this? That's perfect. Or yeah. even to say, well, I have an idea, but you know, yours may be a lot better than mine. Tell me what you're thinking. So you refuse to give a ready answer, yeah. even if you're pretty sure or confident you know what it is. Because part of our role as leaders and parents is to help people become more self-reliant. Yep. Because otherwise you are in a role of micromanaging, you know, what they're doing and, and you don't have time to do your own work because people are constantly coming to you feeling they've got to come to the boss, right. or the manager or the parent to get an answer to this. And part of that you need to look at within how comfortable am I with people making their own decisions and possibly making a mistake? Yeah. We call that failing forward. We have mm -hmm. that as part of our mantra in our organization. You have to let people do that. There's no way, better way to learn in, in many cases. But I think the way you phrase those questions is awesome because it, it kind of diffuses any sort of threat to providing an answer that might be different or, you know, just have a, a, a different perspective or, or even if it's not you know, the best answer that way it's, you know, nobody feels like, oh my gosh, if I don't say the right thing, I'm going to look like an idiot, you know? Well, and you know, you just brought up something that made me think of a follow-up question. If somebody shares with you an idea they've come up with and your immediate thought is, oh my heavens, that's not going to work. Right. Instead of saying that you might just ask them, well, what do you think could happen if you went down that path? Right you know, getting them to anticipate. And if they still are thinking, hey, this is still a good idea. Okay, then, so what are some positive aspects of that? And what could go wrong, you know, that you would need to think through and anticipate so that you're helping them do this? Really, it's front brain thinking. Right. The prefrontal cortex is where we do this kind of analytical thinking into the future. But I think that's part of our role of helping someone learn how to think for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And it's important to get those different perspectives too. I think I've been in some organizations where they've succumbed to groupthink, uh, where, yes. you know, everybody, they tend to surround themselves with everybody thinks the same way. And, and it was a disaster. So I'm sure you see that. How do you, how do you sort of encourage or, or, you know, get, a team to avoid those types of things where it's groupthink. You know, a lot of it is the self-awareness mm. of the leader and giving people permission to speak up and speak up in a number of ways. Let's just say you have a group in a meeting 
And as the leader, it may be that you've had a tendency to call on, you know, or or allow to speak longer people that you naturally connect with Uh, um, or that tend to be outgoing and that speak up. So part of the role of a leader is to notice who hasn't contributed so far. And to ask that person, hey, I noticed, Doug, you were you've been quiet. What are you thinking about this? So you so other see because everybody's watching. right? Right. And so how you treat other people and how they sense, you know, the way you respond to others, they're watching all of that. And that guides what they're willing or not willing to do in terms of speaking up. So I think it's what kind of environment are you creating that invites people? Mm-hmm. And a key word here for people to kind of latch onto is curiosity. If you can come to a conversation or to a meeting with a spirit of being curious, with not having your mind made up, with being open to the ideas of others, and then you affirm those ideas and don't immediately say why it won't work. We teach people all the time how to interact with us by the way we respond to them. Right. And so if you just start monitoring what's my typical response here or how do I want to respond in this situation so I do encourage the other person so I convey that I'm really curious to learn. And it's not a strategy. It's not a technique. It's a way of being yeah. with that other person. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I, I love that. So now, obviously, we've had uh, different challenges over the past now year and a half with, with COVID and and all of that. So how have you found that that really impacts team communication, team connectivity, those kinds of things? And what are some tools that we can utilize in, you know, in this obviously age of Teams and Zoom and all that to, yeah. to help bridge that gap? We have to recognize the importance of one-on-one conversations. So while it is more time efficient to have, you know, group calls, mm-hmm. The aspect of continuing that relationship building, even if it's it's just five or 10 minutes to, you know, ask the person, how are you doing? You know, what's going on? What's what's been a day brightener for you? What are you challenged with? How can I be of help and support? That is so huge. And sometimes we don't block time to do that because we think it's going to take too much time. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you when someone senses that you deeply care about them and their well-being, you know, they will go to all kinds of links for you. But if they don't sense that you care, then they're going to look for ways to avoid doing so many things that you could be accomplishing through them otherwise. So to ask yourself, what does this person need from me that will help them be the highest performer they possibly can? And that can be different things for different people. One person may, may just need a two minute call, you know, another one may need 15 minutes. So we have to recognize everybody doesn't have the same interest or need and appreciating and, and respecting the differences among people. So we don't have a single recipe for all, but that reaching out and taking the initiative, to stay in touch and just ask, what do you need from me right now? Yeah. You know, how can I best support you? And here's an interesting question to ask. This is related to the skill of receiving feedback, but it ties in with your question of how to best connect with other people. And that is to simply ask somebody, 
This takes courage. What's one thing I could do differently mm. that would make your experience of working with me better for you? Better. Yeah. What's one thing I could do? And you could even ask that of family members, right? Yeah. What's one thing I could do that would make your experience of living with me right. even better for you? Because we all have blind spots. Yes, and sometimes do. people think, you know, it can be a tiny irritant that we have no idea because they haven't told us. But if we ask, and they sense we're genuinely interested in finding out what that is, they'll open up and tell us. And that creates a bond right there if we say thank you yes, and express right. appreciation and then make an effort. It, you know, if what they're asking is reasonable right. and something that's fair, then if we make that commitment and change our behavior based on something they've requested for us, the trust the, you know, the impact on the relationship is amazing. Yeah. I love that because you really, that, that makes it, you connect then on, on a personal level in that you're both uh, sort of giving in that relationship, whether it's professional or personal, you know, you're, you're offering something to that other person or, and as you said, you, you show you care by, by just demonstrating some empathy. And when you have that connectivity like that, boy, it's just, like you said, the relationship is, is so much stronger and you're going to get better feedback, I would think, constructive feedback, right? From uh, on a professional level, from, from Well, exactly. Everybody. When you respond in a positive way, when somebody gives you that feedback, they're going to feel freer to open up about other things to you. And the flip side of that, Doug, in in response to your question of how do you, you know, keep things going when we're working remotely is find things the other person has done that you can express appreciation for, mm. because we all need that. I will tell you many years ago, I attended this conference for marketing for, for it was on marketing for business owners. And I attended this event on a regular basis because I just loved the guy that was the president of the organization. And I made a point at every conference to just go up to him and say, you know, Bill, I really appreciate that last speaker and what they brought up. Thank you for bringing in that person and finding something positive to say, because if you've put on events, you know that people complain about all kinds of stuff. And that's the majority of what you hear. Yeah. But I'll never forget. Now, this is a guy that was a multimillionaire many times over. And one of the times that I said something positive to him, he said, you know, Meredith, you are such a positive person. Can I get you to call me every day? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it just dawned on me how, you know, no matter what level of success someone achieves. Yeah. We all have some self-doubts. We all hear negative things. So you can't overdo giving expressions of appreciation to someone else. Yeah, very it's good it's point. impossible, really. If it's genuine, comes from the heart, they sense it. And that, again, goes a long way to keeping someone encouraged and motivated to give their best. Absolutely. Well, this is this is awesome stuff, Meredith. I could certainly talk uh, all afternoon about this, but obviously your book uh, here, Connect With Your Team, is out there. But how would folks in our audience uh, get a hold of that or get a hold of, of you? Do you have a, a, a website location that they can go yes. to? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Our website is Grow Strong Leaders. 
www.thecreativeconnectwithyourbookshop.com. And as a matter of fact, on the homepage of that site, we talk about how our book Connect With Your Team can be used with another book we have called Peer Coaching Made Simple. So people can work in pairs to help each other with improving their communication skills. I'm also on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. And so people can, you know, connect with me. I love hearing from them. I've got a scheduler on our homepage if someone would like to have a conversation. That's awesome. Well, excellent. Uh, Appreciate that, Meredith. And thanks uh, for being on. And we'll look forward to having you on again sometime here in the future. Thank you, Doug. I really enjoyed our conversation. Yep, absolutely. And uh, if you want more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, please visit our podcast page at www.raycpa.com slash podcast. And while you're there, sign up for exclusive content and show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to subscribe to Unsuitable on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or every listening to us right now, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another unsuitable interview from an industry professional. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. 